Hey everybody, welcome to the Roundtable 13. This podcast is brought to you by NobleKnight.com, where out of print is available again. Noble Knight has D&D and other tabletop RPGs, any edition, any product. You can even sell them your old gaming products that you aren't using anymore. Check them out. They're a brick-and-mortar store that also exists online. This podcast is kind of special. It's something a little different for the roundtable. I sat down with Benjamin Looms, who is the creator of Sirenscape, which is a really cool product you can use to create music and sound effects for your games. Uh, He let me try it out. He let me play with it. It's really awesome. You guys can get it. Android tablets, iOS tablets. You can download it for your Mac or for your PC. It's a really cool product. You can get it and play with it for free, so you should definitely do that and check it out. We had a great time talking about games and philosophy in games and role-playing and, of course, music and Sirenscape itself, so you're going to hear a lot more about it in a minute. It was a great interview. Really loved talking to him. Super charming guy. Anyway, here it is, the interview with Benjamin Looms. Benjamin, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here on the podcast. It's great to have you. A pleasure to be on the podcast. Very exciting. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And your product is fantastic. Really love it, really love playing with it. Um, it's it's sort of a genius thing I've kind of always wished I had at the table. Uh, and <laughs> we'll get that into that a little bit later. I definitely want everybody to know up front, though, that what you've created is something really special and something that fills uh, a need at the table. Um, yeah, totally. That's why I just made it for my table, basically, and now other people are getting to use it, which is really cool. <laughs> It's better than having a, a CD at the table. It's better than having, you know, um, that kind of thing. Because then you're always going back to find the right track. And the CD starts to loop itself and become repetitive. And this is a product that is really special. And the way you can balance out the sound effects and sort of create your own mix and master is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. That's lovely to hear. I'm glad you, you obviously understand it perfectly well. And, you know. <laughs> It's something I absolutely wished I had since I was 10 years old, you know? Um, But why don't you take us all the way back to the days when you first discovered tabletop gaming? What game did you start playing? How did you get into it? And uh, how did you go from that to designing products and becoming a big name here in the world of tabletop RPGs? Awesome. Cool. Well, it goes back to when I was 10 years years old. Um, just, yeah, back, back to the little tiny me. I was on, I think I was camping up at Smith's Lake, which is up on the north coast of New South Wales in Australia with my family. And I don't know why, but my mum and dad gave me the red box, the the, the, the uh, basic uh, Dungeons and Dragons red box. Absolutely. And that just, with, with the little dice and the crayon, you had to rub the crayon on the dice and then, and so you could make the numbers show up. And uh, I still have that. I still have those dice, which is very cool, very oh, tragic. Love them. And <laughs> and I just turned those pages, and it just totally blew me away. Uh, the the whole world was was just so fantastic. And I'd I'd been reading lots of fantasy literature and uh, Lord of the Rings and all that sort of stuff, and totally loving it. But yeah, I'm as lots of people have said, the idea that you could play this thing yourself and you could be in the world and you could have control was really fantastic. And I played through those first adventures with the cleric, you know, who you meet in the dungeon and she's like, oh, let me heal you. And I was like, oh, wow. And then she dies and it's like, no, it's so sad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that just totally, totally got my imagination going in a huge way, that red box. And so then I played with friends and stuff like that. And we, we you know, compared to the role-playing I do now, it's, I wouldn't really call it role-playing. It was just really, <laughs> really, yeah, really fun sort of, you know, sort of set 
set yourself up with a monster and then sort of beat it down with your dice until the hit points go away and then take all its treasure and you're like, yay! <laughs> um, so, and we just I totally loved that and, you know, felt heroic and all that. And then um, I took a break like lots of people do, sort of school got in the way and maybe between 15 and 25 or something, I took quite a big break. Uh, and then, yeah, I came back. I can't remember when it was I came, but I came back when third three point five was just about to come out. Yes, of course. So I, I yeah, I rang up the gaming store and said, uh, oh, I've, I'm interested in getting back into sort of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, you mean D twenty? Of course. I'm like, oh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so I bought the three point five books, which is really lucky. I hadn't come in six months earlier and bought all the third edition books and then <laughs> threw them away and bitter disgust. But um, yeah, so I totally fell in love with three point five and got a gaming group together and um, slowly sort of, you know, met more and more of the right people for my group. And now I'm, I'm a classical singer and uh, a composer and uh, pianist and all that sort of stuff. So I'm sort uh, of w- walking. Yeah, well, oh, it makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> so I move in really creative circles and, and music circles and stuff. So I, my gaming group is now made up of uh, uh, actors and directors and uh, even even a preacher man who's a fantastic player. He's But it's all, it's all performance of one kind or another. Sure, yeah. Uh, so now we play we play Pathfinder mainly. Well, hold on. Yeah, we play Pathfinder, um, and then Star Wars. We love the D six version, and we played the Edge of Empires. We played Numenaria recently, which is really fantastic. Numenera, or however you say it, and uh, and Call of Cthulhu we really love. So we play lots of different games now. I mean, whenever I games master, it's always Pathfinder because that's I've just got such a soft spot for that for that three point five. You know, kind of line going through to pathfinder sure sure it's a very elegant system i think the the advances that they made you know the tweaks they made to the 3.5 system are great Love yeah it. absolutely yeah the set yeah and not 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 the least the the combat maneuvers which kind of fix the whole complicated thing and if you follow as far as you can just do a combat maneuver and against their um you know, defense, and you can pretty much interpret the dice roll in terms of degree of success, you know, and even though the grapple rules are still, you know, you don't know who's pinning who or whatever, you can pretty much just now fake it with plus twos and minus twos and, and those, those simple rolls. So, yay. And, 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 you know, just even, even jumping. So I jumped straight from Thaco uh, with, with a big break through to having someone finally occurred to someone, you could turn the dice rolls upside down, turn the armor class upside down. <laughs> And 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 then you could have a uniform set of d20 rolls against saving throws, uh, attack rolls, and uh, armor class, and that's just fantastic. So yeah, that Absolutely. was a big advantage. Yeah, mm. to have a system where where higher is always better. You know that that sort of helps yes. things out. You don't want your armor class to be low, but your rolls to be high. And uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So how did you uh, how did you make the leap then? Uh, you you know you have this wonderful gaming group you guys are all artists and actors so at what point does the transition happen from you guys are playing your game just for yourselves to you guys are playing a game and you're broadcasting on youtube and you're creating products for people to use and that sort of thing yeah yeah it's weird process isn't it i mean so i was working mainly as uh yeah as a working musician singing chorus with opera australia and uh playing, accompanying, a bit of teaching and things like that. I had my gaming group just purely for fun. And I guess the first step was was starting to incorporate music, like lots and lots of people have done. Uh, you know, you grab the Star Wars CD and you stick it on and you're trying to get the right song to play at the right time. Uh, 
and, and and then you know the problem with that is that you each of those songs in Star Wars is so uh, specific to the drama in that particular moment, and so it really a it turns people's heads to the what's happening in the Star Wars films, you know right. the Tie Fighter theme or you know all these things, and it all came down to this one moment we were playing a Star Wars game and. We're having this negotiation with the Nabu ambassador. I tell everyone this because it was just so funny. And and you know the, the CD got to the wrong point or whatever, and Darth Vader's theme comes on. You know, it's like <laughs> dun 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 dun. I'm like no, they're like okay, okay, we back away from her. It's like no, 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 she's really nice. It's like ah, <laughs> and I can never get them to trust her ever, ever again. So I, I went to the next step with my group, and I started. I started kind of making up um, little recordings on a you know on a sequencing program, pulling in some sound effects and things like that. And uh, I guess before that, I tried some other things that were available on the web, but a lot of them were sort of you know pretty weak, and a lot of the sound design was pretty poor. Like there was lots of stuff happening all the time, or it was really distracting, or the loops were really really obvious. So yeah, so I started making recordings, and like on Kickstarter now, and you can get lots and lots of recordings that are about ten minutes long. Or twenty minutes long, sure. and that's really cool. But um, I found really, really quickly the problem with those is that um, you start to notice repetitions really, really quickly. So the human brain is basically set up to notice patterns. That's why everyone sort of is always saying, "Oh, you know, there's more, you know, more earthquakes on a Wednesday or whatever." We're always we're always working out patterns. That's the whole point of science, right. and that's the strength of the human brain. So you know, once you hear sort of you know, sort of hear that, and then ten minutes later, you hear, you know, by the third or fourth time you hear it, your brain starts to latch onto it. And for me, and and I found for my players that became really, really distracting, really, really quickly. And so, um, you know, that I made the tracks longer. I made the tracks sort of, you know, twenty minutes, and then I made them thirty minutes. But then you're kind of having to put in sounds manually, and pretty soon you're just copying bunches of sounds anyway. So even though you're making the tracks longer, they're not getting more varied. It's not actually randomized. And I was just like, <laughs> so. So, yeah, so we sort of had a good situation. I knew that sound at the table was really cool. It was helping with the mood and everything, but it just wasn't, it wasn't variable enough, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't like real sound, and the sounds always came from the same spot, and they always sounded exactly the same, and, you know, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't sort of create that with recording. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I had done a bit of uh, programming in the past, dabbling in amateur programming, so I, I looked around for a language that was really strong audio-wise, and I found Python. Okay. Which is a, quite a straightforward, user-friendly language, and I taught myself Python, <laughs> and I sat down and I, I wrote a program to basically yeah uh, do what Sirenscape does, which is to pick up samples uh, from like a library of samples instead, and then randomly play them back at random intervals, and in and uh, and I, I published that just for my own table. I wrote it just for my own table and used it my own table, and and you know as the internet is, you think oh well I'll share it, and so I chucked it up <laughs> on a little dodgy website. And the response was really amazing from from people and players, and uh, people just said, "This is fantastic!" And oh my god, you know, I've been looking for this rages, everything, everything you've already said. And it was it was kind of it was it it worked pretty well, and uh, people really liked it, and people gave a bit of money by donationware and stuff like that. But that that was about where I was up to. And then what happened is um, I, I started I, people started asking for an you know an Apple version and. and for a Mac version and for something for their Android tablets. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea how to do that. Oh. <laughs> so I spoke, I spoke to a couple of people who were big in IT about uh, you know, getting some help from someone who might be, want to collaborate. And um, my, my, the guy who's now my business partner said, you, know, you don't need an IT person. What you need is a business plan. And so we then had a series of meetings and we actually created a proper company uh, with, with a whole lot of funding behind it. 
and that, and now we're using amazing. We, I, I managed to redevelop the software with uh, proper developers and uh, you know proper money and really fantastic strong web uh, sort of system support. So it's all downloadable and syncable and all, all that stuff you've, you've experienced. And uh, so Sirenscape was essentially reborn uh, from being an amateur product to being a really professional product. Oh, I've raved on for ages and ages. <laughs> does, that, does that answer well, that question you actually asked? Yes, absolutely. And I think it's it's so important because you really have filled this need at the table and you nailed it with your story about Star Wars. Is It's yeah. hard to find good music that isn't already associated with something else, that mm. isn't going to get repetitive in a four to five hour game session, mm. that mm. isn't going to... Uh, be the wrong music at the wrong time it's it's so hard to have that and then to also have be able to sort of set it and not have to think about it too much because yeah. as a game master yeah. you're thinking about so many other things you know and, yeah and this is just it's it's the answer to uh to a lot of a lot of people's prayers i bet a lot of people are going to find this really interesting a lot of people obviously already have since you started you went legit with it you know the internet demanded it, and and you have provided. <laughs> yeah, and as you say, it's not only what's great is that I found it really hard to combine music with sound design as well. And what Sirenscape can do is it actually creates all the sound design, the background wind, the different hums, the you know the calls of animals or beasts. You can turn the rain on, you can turn it off, and you know, and also the music plays like a movie soundtrack, not song after song after song after song, but you can actually space the music out as well. So yeah, it's really cool. It is very cool. That's great. <laughs> Where did you guys come up with the name Sirenscape? Yeah, I know. When you when you come up with these names, you need to write it down because then people ask you. <laughs> uh, the, um, the a syrinx is the larynx of a bird, so a, a bird sings, and I kind of wanted to to you know write something that was alluring and attractive, and and I I, I had this originally this fantastic piece of art which was a public domain art by a Russian artist, which was you know the sirens singing the sailors towards the rocks and seducing them. So it's kind of a singing, seducing kind of vibe. And, and you know, it, it, a product really is, benefits from a name that's quite unique. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I can't remember why I chose it, but, you know, I chose it right back at the very beginning and it kind of stuck. And, and w- when we came to relaunch the software, you know, professionally, there was a really big discussion about what to call it. And, you know, there were so many posts all over the web. You can go back, you know, 10, maybe almost 10 years, maybe seven or eight years, and then you can see people saying, wow, I love Sirenscape, and there's a picture of the old interface, you know, <laughs> so incredibly clunky with my, you know, cute little WX Python sort of um, dials and things like that. So, yeah, I think that, that's kind of what the vibe of the name is. It's funny. It's a great name, um, and it's it's highly marketable too, you know. Uh, I My day job is I do marketing for the National Geographic Channel here in the U.S., and... Cool. Uh, you know, the titles of some television shows are easier to market than others, for sure. And Sirenscape is just, you know, you get the idea of what it is, and it makes sense with what the product is, and you remember it, it's unique, it's so great. And it it sort of brings me to this other point about marketing, which is your video. You guys have this great YouTube video online that is high energy that really attracted me to the product. I think I first found out when you guys started following my Twitter account. Uh-huh, I was yeah. like, oh, what is this about? And I clicked on some links and went down the hole of the internet and found your video. And it is fantastic. I, I'm going <laughs> to link the video definitely um, as long as well as the website and 
where people can find the product and everything in the show notes for the show. But why don't you talk a little bit about making that video? That was exciting. Yeah, well, we, you know, we've we've discussed, you know, we're a, we're a proper company with, you know, PTY and LTD and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, it always was me and, and, and my little community of, of users. And, you know, I've, I've always just been me. So we decided to keep being me. And it's been really, it's been really fun. And, you know, my, my business partners and stuff uh, yeah, uh, just encouraged me to be more and more silly on the videos and more and more real. And so I have. And, and uh, people really like it. And, you know, if, if that means me making a fool of myself and, and that gives a bit of joy to people's lives, and that's great. And the other thing I, I do is I try and pack, you know, the videos into as short a possible time. I reckon people, you know, want to maybe watch two or three minutes and, and you've got to get it across. So, so I end up sort of raving on like a, like a loony, <laughs> uh, which is really, really fun. And I, and I do them in one take, you know, I, 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 in single takes, often I sort of do the whole speech kind of two or three times and see which one works and which one I don't say. in. <laughs> Yep, and um, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you like it, and people have been very encouraging for me to to keep being silly on those videos, which is cool. My first reaction was, <laughs> I want to play a game with this guy. This guy seems awesome. So, <laughs> well, um, yes, absolutely. I, I have been known to um, stand up in in, in cons or, or uh, shop gaming days and, and sort of cry my turn undead sort of at the top of my lungs in a <laughs> Scottish accent and and bring the entire place to a you know a, a silence. <laughs> I figure you may as well get into role playing. You know, it's 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 we're there to be to have fun and to be silly. So it's uh, you know the more entertaining the better. <laughs> How about a little bit about where people can find this product and the low low price they can obtain it for? Yes, very very good. Those are all important details. Well, if you go to if you just Google for Sirenscape, which is S Y R I N Scape, like the Sci Fi Channel, um, and you just Google for that, you'll find www.sirenscape.com. And you can um, download it for free yes. uh, without registering or anything. <laughs> and if you, you just download it, you can install it on a PC or a Mac and the Android tabs and also an iPad. And basically you get two free sound sets. You get a, a Bugbear Battle sound set, which is just like a big high energy um, battle with big orchestral, full orchestral music, uh, with lots of taiko drums and stuff like that and screams and roars. Uh, and and uh, and then you also get a Witchwood soundset, which is named after my favorite, uh, one of the places in my favorite module of all, which is the Red Hand of Doom module, which is one of the first ones we played all the way through when I came back. And it's 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 just a really spooky forest with the unsettling wind, distant sort of you know occasional bark of a bird, and then this really really spooky sort of disturbing music. So once you've tried it, you don't have to register anything; it'll just run on your system then you can um, yeah, play around with those sounds and muck about and get, get an idea of also whether it works on your system fine and whether you need to you know, get it to argue with your virus checker or whatever. <laughs> uh, most, most people don't have any trouble. If, if, when people do have trouble, they just, just contact me on support at sirensafe.com and um, I help you out. And then, yeah, if, if you want to register, you can then um, jump on, on, yeah, go back to sirensafe.com and then you can look at demo videos of all the content. There's a video of every single uh, one of our sound sets with me showing it off and uh, being silly usually as well. And uh, then you can buy, yeah, more content. You can buy it in packs so, and uh, you can buy them individually. And pretty soon, very, very soon, in fact, probably lots of people listen to this podcast in the future, there's a subscription way of getting all the stuff as well, oh, which wow. is just going to be, um, you know, just, just you can just 
get like a bi-monthly payment kind of thing and it's quite small but you get everything and you get access to absolutely everything wow that's great yeah and mm. there, there are a ton of other sets that you can get beyond these two. Although I have to say, the two you get for free are huge because the two places <laughs> you want the ambience, you want the music, you want to make your players feel <coughs> something are really in battle. And in those you know tense scenes where you're walking through the woods and you can really, you can get super minimal with these things and you can have it just be an occasional sort of cry in the darkness or you can go real big and you can really blow it out with roars and sounds of battle. And, um, you know, just those two sets are so customizable. It's really a, an amazing thing that you've accomplished. But what, what other sets sort of do you have that are available for people? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the main thing people need to know is you don't need to do anything to them. As, as you mentioned earlier, I, I hate turning the, the, the eyes of, of game masters off their players. You know, that's just a, a catastrophe as far as I'm concerned. The whole point was just to click this once and, you know, you can pretty much leave it. So other places, there's, of course, uh, a dungeon because what would it be without a dungeon? That would be pretty crazy. There's beautiful elven woods uh, at nighttime and daytime. And you can, as you said, you can have the elven wood at uh, daytime and you can just click monsters on the borderlands uh, within that set and suddenly there's also just every now and then a monster, you know, roaring in the far distance. Uh, um, there's an, a, a siren in her lair. There's a massive big loud storm with enormous crashes of thunder and trees falling down. I love that one. And there's a flooded cavern, which is really, really beautiful with plipping and plopping drops. What, what um, Sirenscape does is actually say, say the drop sounds, okay? So I've got uh, about 20 samples of a bloop, completely dry with no reverb, no panning, no anything. Sirenscape will pick up one of those every now and then, place it somewhere in the 3D environment. It'll run in surround sound, which is really cool. Um, and it'll place it in the 3D environment somewhere at a randomized distance, controllable by all the parameters I set up, and then it will apply reverb. So if it's really, really far away, you'll get this boosh, lots and lots of the echo, or it might be close next time. It'll be right next to, you know, just, just over there. So every single drop, every, every single little drop or drip you hear is going to be different every single time. It'll never be able to repeat itself. So you, your ear just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't pick up. Um, the fact that you're listening to pre-recorded stuff, it sounds really organic and really, really real. Uh, oh, there's a fantastic tavern brawl, which is really tops with uh, with people punching and throwing glasses at each other and a rollicking band playing an Irish-style jig. So, yeah, lots and lots and lots. And there's also um, sci-fi stuff coming. Um, there's, we're actually releasing on a whole new um, separate player, the Sirenscape Hi-Fi player. Um, yeah, uh, fantastic, you know, of course, laser battles and uh, spaceships crashing and frozen moons and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, we're just covering as many off different places as you can imagine. Yeah, oh, that's great news about the sci-fi. I have a lot of people in my life who enjoy Star Wars and other sort of D20 future sci-fi role-playing games. Uh, and I know they'll be happy to have that. Can you talk a little bit about the customizability of each set? It seems like you can really get in there and tinker with the different layers of sounds and things like that as well. And then you can save your presets so that you don't have to tinker during a game. You can just go in and uh, say like, oh, okay, here's my preset for this battle. 
That's right. Absolutely. Really, really important. And you can even mix together different sounds from different sound sets. So say you're battling the dragon because you bought the dragon sound set, which is really like full on screaming, roaring. And you, um, you know, you, you've got the wing beats going. You don't actually want the roar so much. So you can turn it down a little bit. You love the sound of the crashing walls getting knocked down. So you turn that up quite a bit. You um, then you want to add in the thunderstorm. So you go to the storm sound set. You turn on the big clouds, uh, claps of thunder, because there's a storm coming. You go right. So then you, you hit save and you save that. You know this is the beginning of the battle. You call it enter, and then you turn on the rain and set that to how you like it. You know, and you, then you hit save and you say now it's raining, and then you say now the dragon's dead. So you, you turn off all the dragon sounds and you just leave that storm going. You say after the dragon battle, and then you've got those presets. You know. Uh, and when it comes to the game, you just go, you know, you're in the Witchwood, so it's all dark and spooky and say, okay, and you go into the cave and then suddenly you go, no, click, and you click dragon attack and the music starts and all those all those sounds hit themselves up and they're going, the thunder's going and then, you know, the battle progresses for a while and then you're going to say the rain goes. So you just click the next, you, you turn for two seconds to the tablet or whatever you've got sitting on the thing, you just touch, now it's raining and suddenly the rain starts and the player's like, oh my God, we're getting wet as well. It's even worse than getting eaten dry, getting eaten wet. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you say, and, and you know, as, as your sword enters the, the dragon's hide, you pull with one final wrench of heroic strength and its guts spill out everywhere. Uh, I reach over and usually like play my ta-da, da-da-da-da-da-da sound. Because there's a soundboard over the right-hand side of Sirenscape as well, including the Wilhelm scream, which is absolutely vital. Oh, you know that? Essential. essential. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I usually play a Wilhelm scream when someone dies, which is very uh, silly. And then, yeah, you click um, the dragon, the battle's over, and suddenly the dragon fades out, and you've just got the thunderstorm going. Does that explain? Yeah, so every single element of the sound design. So each sound set is broken up, you know. Uh, so if it's a dragon battle, there'll be a channel playing the floor scratches of its claws on the ground. There'll be the music. There'll be walls getting cut down. There'll be the footfalls crashing and the wings. And you can adjust every single one of those elements, volume precisely to what you want to, and then save that setting, just like on a mixer kind of thing. Absolutely. But user-friendly too. You don't need to have a lot of knowledge yeah. about audio mixing or, or have studied music your entire life the way you have. Uh, you've done all the hard work for us. So, yeah, that's you right. Know, there's a lot of sliders and, and easy-to-understand elements within the product, which is pretty great. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Thank you very much for that. I have some questions about the future of Sirenscape. Do you guys have any plans to ever integrate into uh, either like a, as a Google Hangout plugin or as part of a virtual table or anything like that as more and more games begin to expand online? Uh, I know people have already demanded you create an app for their iPad, uh, but I think... That mm -hmm. would be, if, if I were a consumer, and I am, that would be my next level of demand for you. Like, how do mm. you bring this to the virtual tables, you know? Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Well, see, it works, because it works as a free player, uh, which you then sign into. Basically, you can sign into anyone's device at your friend's house or, yes, theoretically within a web page. You just sign in with your email address and your password combination and if you're a subscriber or whatever, everything just goes bling and activates, and then you just download the content you need at that place, whether you, whether you know you're in Spain or wherever you want to be. It does lend itself to working within other software, um, and a lot of people are suggesting that. So we are doing some investigations at the moment to see who might be interested to um, take you know take it as an API and sort of insert it as a block into their 
into their online gaming system or whatever. So it's definitely uh, makes sense. And, and in that sense, it'll be a really, really good system for helping integrate those people together across, across the online world. Because that's one of the big challenges, obviously, with Google Hangout playing is that you're not in the same room. Uh, it, it, it's difficult to, to create that sense of immersion. It's easy to get um, distracted. And, and I've found Sirenscape really helps my players to, well, not look at their phone, for instance, is one thing that's yes. actually achieved. <laughs> you know, b- between turns, you're, you're uh, still engaged because you're being cued all the time emotionally to be afraid or, or to be excited or whatever, and you're sort of swept up and you know, when we have our Star Wars battles going and there's funky techno music, you know, often I'll find myself while someone else is is, uh, is making their turn, I'll just be jiggling along to the to the beat and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I think it would really, really help on online play, absolutely, and that's something we're definitely looking at. There are three things we've got to get done first, which are all coming. So the number one thing is uh, getting the sci-fi player out, which is just pretty much a matter of reskinning the app and, and making it all look sci-fi and, and wires and glowing things. Uh, number two is the editor. Our, our Sirenscape editor is just about to release in beta, which is really exciting because that means that then people will be able to pull in their own sounds into the um, really powerful Whoa, engine. That's awesome. Should be cool. And then I have visions of uh, community sharing content and all sorts of stuff like that. So um, I'm really excited about that because there's no, there's, it's not necessarily for you know for me and my team to build everything that people want. Uh, if we can actually get that sort of community thing going, that would be really cool. Yeah. And then the third thing is the Paizo deal. Do you, do you know about the Paizo deal? No, no. Well, and I'm sure the, the listeners do not. So let us know. What yeah. Is- so we, I went to PaizoCon last year in 2013 and, and just asked for like 15 minutes with anybody and, and they threw Eric Moner at me and uh, a couple of other people and I just gave it to them and said, play with this. And they were like, oh, my God, this is so cool. <laughs> and they really, really liked it. So we started a conversation with them uh, about building some license content for the, um, the world of Galarian, and that's actually happened. So we've signed <laughs> with them, and uh, as of April, we'll be releasing, uh, once every two months, we'll be releasing uh, a whole big pack of sounds to actually completely support one chapter of an adventure path. Um, so when, when you go to play this adventure path, which I can't mention yet because it's, not, uh, it, it's, it's not, not been revealed, um, but, you know, lots of them will come out. Once you, so you grab your adventure path. You also just grab the sound pack to go along with it, and then you just, you know, you just step through the sounds, and it, it's, it's really obvious what you're supposed to play when. You know, you go to, go to a certain location. I'm not, I'm not doing spoilers. Um, and, you know, you just click on the sound. So, so that's really, really exciting. And then within that, of course, we'll be covering lots of those um, – you know, really distinctive uh, monsters, you know, the D20 monsters, each of them will get picked up one by one as we encounter them along the adventure path. So as, as well as creating, um, you know, more content that people are demanding, I pretty much create whatever people ask for. We're just about to release high seas battles with pirates and stuff like that because <laughs> uh, I, that's what people whinge the most for. So, yes, yeah, so that's really that's really exciting with, with Paizo and um, they've been great to work with. They're a really, really engaged company who, who really get into, into their, you know, their uh, licensed stuff and really want it to be really fantastic. So give heaps and heaps of really constructive feedback. Wow, you're blowing my mind right now that, with the fact uh-huh. that someone could go out and get an adventure and then have all of the tools they need to completely immerse their players because of it. That is brilliant, and that's the next step. It still keeps everything at the table, doesn't bring yeah. us into the world of you know computer-generated characters or anything like that, but it brings forth just this whole other layer that you get when you purchase an adventure. Now, that is pretty awesome. 
it's really important that the, the prep time, you know, doesn't become onerous. We, we don't want to add a whole other layer that people have to prepare. They have to spend, you know, an hour working out what sounds they're going to play when. As you said, you can actually pretty much just survive with one battle set and one kind of spooky location. That's, that's what I started with. But um, if, if you can then actually just download the module and download the sounds all set up to run in it, that, that's ideal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be great. That's great for both of you guys. I think that's going to make adventures way more attractive to people. So is this is this now your full-time gig? Are you Sirenscape all the time? So yeah, so I do this pretty much four days a week. And the, the other big thing I do is an amazing project called What Opera, W-O-T Opera. And what we do, I go, uh, so a team of three, a composer and pianist, that's me, and a, a director and an assistant going to a school for a day a week for five weeks, and we write an opera from scratch, Just and we t- give the kids total creative freedom. And we just say, okay, you know, this, it takes a bit to convince them they're actually allowed to write whatever they like. But once they believe us, they, they then, you know, we come up with, we do some, you know, warm-up exercises, get to know you and all sorts of stuff, and then we write a libretto with them. We start with, um, you know, main characters. We come up with an outline for a plot. They write all the words, <laughs> and then I help them. Together we compose all the music for it. And this is, this is happening in four schools um, parallel. And at the end of the project, all those four schools come together in a professional theatre and perform their opera all for each other. And it's that, so I do that. Um, I do two schools at a time because your brain explodes if you try and compose four operas at once. Right. Uh, <laughs> so so about, about 20 weeks of the year, I'm also working um, two, days, two days a week uh, on the What Opera Project. And that happens all over at the moment, all over Australia. So I'm working down in Hobart at the moment. Um, I'm about to fly down as soon as I stop talking to you. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so that's what I do. That's the other big thing I spend a lot of time doing. And I still do just a tiny bit of teaching and connecting with singers and stuff like that because I have a great passion for that. But pretty much Cyrus Gave is eating my life at the moment, which is just just the way I want it to be. (laughs) Wow. Well, this is definitely a message to anybody out there who's passionate about something. I think Mm. if you said music and gaming are your two hobbies, what are you going to do for a living? Most people wouldn't be able to find what you have found. And not only are you doing that, there's not as much art as there used to be for kids to latch on to and that kind of thing. So I got to say thank you very much for all that work, too, that you're doing. That's something that is... I'm passionate about as a as a man who studied theater and a man who studied television and film production like... You're you're out there doing the good work. You're fighting the good fight on on all fronts, gaming and the arts and helping out kids and the elderly. That's the way to be. Mm, absolutely. And and Leo, as you say, you know, if 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 people listening to this have passions, uh, you know, just do something about them. That's that's all I did. I I had a passion for gaming and I had a passion for music. So I, I didn't wait for someone to give me a full time job doing it. I. I made a made a product. It was fairly dodgy, but did the job and was fantastic. And people loved it and built that community around it and just just did things. If something, if anything, I've discovered career wise in my life that it is nothing comes from nothing. You know, everything I've done leads onto something, and uh, you never know where that where that career path is going to take you. But as long as you work with passion and real commitment, then you, it's, it's bizarre where you can end up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. It started with the red box. Now you're in the halls of Paizo and. You're on the Android Play Store and you're on the Apple Store and, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing that you've created here and, and everything, all the accolades and all the profit that you get from this is much deserved. So thank you very much for me and the gaming mm. community. Mm. Mm. 
So hey, we didn't mention the dice stormers. My my gaming group will murder me if I don't um yeah if I don't oh, mention yeah, that. Absolutely. So 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 my gaming group that I talked about, full of actors and and directors and stuff like that. Um, we actually started videoing. Same sort of thing, you know. For a lark, we started videoing our games just because we're all show offs, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, we stuck them on YouTube, and uh, we started with a few people saying, "Hey, this is great." We started with with uh, two cameras pointing right. At each other, you'll find this amusing. We were violating the 180 degree oh, rule. Horrible. Yes, yes. <laughs> People corrected us pretty damn quickly about that. And, uh, and we've slowly got more and more stuff. We now have four cameras running: one pointing at the the, the table, uh, at my fantastic digital projected maps, uh, and uh, we have yeah three cameras: a wide shot, and a left shot, and a right shot. And we edit it up, and and we're uh, posting sort of a game every couple of weeks on on YouTube. If you search for Dice Stormers, um, people will find it, and uh, we have. Uh, about twenty five thousand views per month at the moment, uh, which is extraordinary. And every 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 minute that goes past, ten minutes of us are being watched on average. So that's very very bizarre. I don't know what these people are doing with their lives. But, uh, <laughs> we, we we put our videos in little one hour segments, so they're kind of palatable, and you can watch it instead of watching some sort of you know hackneyed uh, regurgitation of uh, drama on you know on the TV. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so check it out. I, I, you, I get the feeling you'd you'd find great amusement in us. We don't we don't take role playing extremely seriously all the time, but we 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 always play with great passion and great high degree of descriptiveness, and uh, we always go for the epic moments if at all possible. If there's an ion cannon and uh, a, a star destroyer there, and and shore escape, you know, as an option, we never ever take shore escape. It's it's always funner to go down in a, a blaze of glory. So. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Check them out. Let's increase that uh, 25,000 views, see if we can boost you guys up a little bit more. So, uh, <laughs> cool. Is there anything else that you'd like to plug or talk about? I don't think so. I think it's been a lovely chat. It's lovely talking with you. You have a very gorgeous radio voice. Uh -huh. very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you have a very lovely voice as well. So, obviously, classically trained. <laughs> <laughs> we're obviously theater people oh no you're wonderful oh no no <laughs> no, no, no keep talking about me that's right yes <laughs> yes yes uh, cool. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you being on the show, and uh, please, we'd love to have you back, especially uh, when this Paizo thing happens, and you yep. can talk more about that. That would be great when the sci-fi set comes out. We'd love to talk more about everything. So please, I'd love come to. Back. It was really lovely chatting. It's great. You're an awesome dude. Hello. Hello, citizens. Oh, thank goodness. Adventurers, we need a noble knight. Perhaps you can slay the beast of retail and reap the promises of riches. Riches? Yes. Great prices, out-of-print games, the latest releases, and a magic box that converts all of your old loot into cash or new loot. But why? Fantastic. I'll do it. Yes. Well, you see the beast he kidnapped the mayor and can only be slain by the most noble of knights. Yes, yes, yes. I said I'll do it. Yes, the thing is, I was talking to her. What? Fear not, kind citizen. The noble knight will save the day, rescue the lord in distress, and liberate all that loot anyway only possible at Noble Knight. If you'd like to get your hands on Noble Knight's loot, head over to thetomeshow.com and click on the link in the show notes for this episode. And don't forget to tell them that the Tome Show sent you. Ha, I got to do something to help out. All right, everybody, that's the roundtable 13 Sirenscape interview with Benjamin Looms. 
If you want to find out more, check out his website, Sirenscape.com, or follow him on Twitter, at Sirenscape. You can also follow me on Twitter at James Intracasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. And you can check out the blog that is all about the fifth edition world I'm building. It's at worldbuilderblog.me. That's it. Thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup. Thanks to Eric Michaels who composed our theme music. And thanks to everybody out there listening. Keep on rolling. Keep on listening to the round.